Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. I'm going to invite Bishop Ken forward. Now, for anyone who saw the way that this was marketed on Facebook this night, it said it is a mixture of youth and experience. Which I just thought was, uh, someone has a real gift in the Bangor Worldwide Convention, a real gift with words. Uh, but we're so, so, so delighted to have this guy here. And apparently he's going to bring a few helpers uh, in, in what he's sharing as well. But let's just pray for him as he comes to share. Lord God, we thank you for uh, Bishop Ken's ministry. We thank you for how he is a father to so many and that he is a good representative of our Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you for the way that you have used him here and elsewhere. And I pray that as he now shares with us, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on him and really help him to share exactly what you have placed on his heart in the best way possible. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Um, technology is to remind us of the peace of God. It passes all understanding. (laughs) For us, when you're with your grandchildren of seven or eight years old, it is absolutely sensational what they know about technology. And it's rather humbling to discover what we don't know. But I want to thank Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention for the invitation to be part of tonight's event. You know, it is an incredible event, the Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention. It has been going for much older than I am. And I can remember as a teenager, and that is not yesterday, being deeply impacted. Uh, I was a sixth former, and I went to was living in Hollywood, went to Bangor to work Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention to a youth event, and Stuart Briscoe was the speaker. Used to be with Cape Renry and then went to the States for many years and is still there, still in his 80s and still going strong for the Lord. And he preached in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. A son who gathers in harvest is a wise son, but a son who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. And it had a huge impact on me. And I honestly believe that in many parts of the world today it is harvest time, but some of us are fast asleep illustrated by a pastor who was reading a paper and he saw an ad for a thousand sleepers and he phoned and offered his congregation. (laughs) And if you knew that church, he was absolutely dead right, you know. But sadly, some of us need to hear those words from the Apostle Paul, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. It's harvest time. Let's get on with it. Um, So thank you, Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention. Do you know that last year, around £150,000 was given to worldwide mission from this event. It's incredible, the generosity of God's people who attend this convention every year. And look at the difference that makes. Um, Thank you, Simon, for your words of welcome. And it's lovely to share with Nissen tonight, and I look forward to hearing him in a few minutes' time. Now, I, I want to really begin tonight not talking about fiction, but to interview two people 
who just recently returned from South America. And what did you say this was a blend of, Simon? Youth and experience? Okay, you're getting the youth now, all right? <laughs> so if Chris and Hannah would come up, please, and uh, we're going to find out where they have come back from. They've just come back from South America a few weeks ago, and going to find out a little bit what they're doing. And for those who get anxious that something's going to go on too long, you can relax because Chris is on night duty tonight in Craig Avon Hospital, so he has to get away in a few minutes or else there'll be phone calls and all sorts of things happening. Chris and Hannah, tell us where you were in South America for the past year and a little bit of what you were doing. And you are husband and wife, aren't you? <laughs> yes, you are. Okay. One, two. Yeah, great. Um, wonderful. It is so uh, amazing to be here. We stood here just before leaving uh, last September, and uh, this church individually, locally, has been a wonderful blessing to us. But thank you for the prayers of missionaries and people who support a mission across the world. It is literally incredible. And we have had ex- personal physical experience this year of feeling blessed by the prayers of the world, not just the individual. We've just come back from 10 months, or 10 and a half months, in Lima, Peru, uh, where we were serving with the Anglican Church there. Um, if you don't happen to be Anglicans, you're so welcome tonight. Uh, this is a kingdom <laughs> event, not a, a denomination <laughs> event, and we're so thankful that in God's church, he does not see the lines that we sometimes draw. Uh, and it is amazing. it has been amazing to be part of God's mission in South America. What are we doing, Helen? In Lima, we were involved in a number of different things. We were involved in two churches, one up on the top of a shantytown hill, um, and there we were involved with a youth group, some of the young leaders you can see in the photograph there. And our, our aim really there was to try and take this group of young leaders who were quite well established in the church, who'd grown up in the church, and encourage them to look outward, to look to reaching their friends and their neighbours who lived in their community. And so one of the ways that we did that was through an alpha course, mm-hmm. which we coordinated but they ran and so through that we we um we all worked together and we were help we were aiming to see them grow in their leadership skills but ultimately grow in their heart for others and grow in their relationship with god and their desire to see that overflow into the lives of other people and the second thing that we were involved in was a church in a, in a more wealthy part of town, um in the anglican cathedral and there we found a group of young professionals and actually it ended up being in all, all, all of ages, but we uh, found a group there who were just really needing community, um, needing a place where they could be real with one another, authentic, um, and find support, Christian love and support, a place to be prayed with, um, to pray for others, and a place to learn and grow. And we actually found that the adult Alpha course worked really well with them because mm-hmm. a lot of them were quite um, nominal believers came to church out of tradition more than anything else and through that you can see some photographs there and um, there was a wonderful community was built people experienced god sometimes for the first time his love and the touch of the holy spirit and it was just a really really wonderful thing for us to be part of and did you see any become christians through the course i'll let chris answer that first yeah firstly if you just look at this photo so this little fellow here is renato renato is seven he has a, a condition called Noonan syndrome, which means he has uh, a little bit of developmental delay and issues in his family. But Renato, along with his uh, dad and his brother and his wee sister, came along to Alpha in our church in the cathedral every Sunday morning. We did breakfast. We, I think, broke most of the Alpha setup rules 
where uh, you were meant to do all this kind of stuff. We ended up with a, an age range from 2 to 72 uh, on our alpha course together, all meeting, all eating breakfast together. And as you can see here, he's the storyteller of the group. And he uh, felt completely loved, completely welcomed, and it was chaos. It was a mess. Uh, he used to run around and open all the doors and then close them, open all the windows and then close them. And, uh, but do you know what? There's beauty in mess. And God's people, God's church is a place where people are to be welcomed. And that's what, that's, that's what I thought. But I want to tell you um, a really quick story. Um, can you hold that, Hannah? Uh, so up in Nazareno, which is a shanty town in Lima, um, we have a young guy here on the bottom right. And his name is Diego. You get a more classic Latin American name. Uh, and uh, I want to just read you. We recorded his testimony, um, but obviously it's in Spanish, so not, most of you will not understand it. But I've translated it into English, and I just want to read it to you because it is so powerful and I think captures a little bit of what God did through us, with us, uh, around us. Um, so this is from Diego to all of you. Good evening. I want to tell you some of my story about my life. I was caught up with drugs, running with a bad group of people, throwing stones at police. From there, I started to mistreat my parents. Basically, I lost the respect of my family. I fought with the police and ended up in the station many times. And it all got to this point where I took poison to end my life because it was not worth living anymore. Diego is 19. It didn't work. And then soon after, some friends from my childhood called my house, inviting me to the church around the corner for this group they call Alpha. Initially, I thought this wasn't for me. It wasn't for somebody like me. And so I didn't go. And for the first two weeks, I didn't go until they kept insisting that I came. And so I decided, well, it can't hurt to try. I'll give it a go. And what I realized was that here there are people who support, who listen, who understand, who, who don't criticize me for the way that I talk or the way that I act or how I appear. I met people who counsel me. And we had this retreat. It was something beautiful that opened my mind, that has helped me to change, that there are better ways to live. And so I continue to come here because there are people here who care for me. I hope that you all have this experience because it is something beautiful. On Good wow. Friday 2018, I, along with Pastor Juan Carlos Marces, we led Diego to the Lord Praise God. Uh, as part of the Alpha Course, and he has continued to be the first there every Sunday night at church. Uh, he's a mototaxista, which means he drives a tuk-tuk, all around Shantytown. Lima. Can I tell it's you, you need to pray for him and those he drives near because the definitely two, more the for two, those two he drives. <laughs> more for those he drives because uh, he's a terrifying driver. But he he's got a beautiful heart and he met the Lord and it was something beautiful. Praise and when you meet Jesus, you can't help but be impacted by his beauty. And that's what we that's what Diego found. Great. Yes, of course, Anna. Uh, the other lady in the picture is called Janina, 
Um, she's someone who's close to my heart because we became very good friends during my time in Peru, um, and I really miss her. She came to the Anglican Cathedral uh, just before, actually, we arrived there, so around December time last year. And really, when she arrived at the church, she was very lost. Um, she was going through a very difficult time in her life. A long-term partner that she had been with had left her, abandoned her. Um, she was a single mom with two children, one grown up and one seven years old. She was in a lot of debt, um, and her business had fallen apart, and she just wasn't, she was just lost. She didn't really know what she was doing. Yeah. Um, she hadn't really met God, I don't think, properly in her life or didn't really understand what that meant. Mm -hmm. And she came along to Alpha every week as well. She wow. absolutely loved it. She used to say, this is my time. This is my thing. I just love it every week. I look forward to it. I can't wait to be there. And one of the things that we wanted to happen when we did Alpha in the cathedral, she was from the cathedral, um, was that we wanted children, their, her children to come so that mm. she could come along. And so we ended up with, as Chris said, a huge age range and lots of children as well. But it just worked and God just blessed it so much. Yanina, as the time went on, um, she just started to be more and more and more impacted and touched by mm. everything she heard in the, in, the, in the videos of Alpha and in the, the meetings. And when we prayed for her at the Holy Spirit weekend um, retreat, she just was really touched again by the Lord. And from then, she kept starting to break down in tears and cry during mm. worship in church, during prayer times, during ministry times. <coughs> And she said to me, and I don't understand what's happening to me. She's like, I'm not someone who cries. This is not usual. But she said, I feel like the Lord has taken my heart of stone and has given me a heart of paper, one that's soft mm. and malleable. And I feel Amen. like he's just broken my heart. And mm. also, but in a good way, he's just overwhelmed me with his love. And I, I don't know. I don't know how to deal with it, I don't know how to respond, but I'm yeah. just so thankful for everything that the Lord's doing in my life. And she, while we were out there, she got baptized. Um, she made a, a real commitment to God. Um, she got baptized, became a member of the church. Um, and it was just wonderful to be a part of that and really, really special for us. Mm. I really wanted to squeeze in one more. If well, I I'll tell you what, yeah. can I? Can I I'll <laughs> let you squeeze in one more. But I just want to say to Chris, I'm conscious Craig Avon Hospital might be looking for a doctor. Is there something you want to say before you go, Chris, and then we'll continue with Hannah? Oh, great. <laughs> She's definitely my better half anyway. Better to listen to her. Uh, I, sorry, I do have to run. Um, I guess one thing, regardless of whether it's Diego, Yanina, Renato, Ricardo, there's many names that uh, God's mission is about people. <laughs> it's about his world, but it, it starts with people. And relationship is what carries it. Yeah. And, uh, do you know, years ago we would have sent the experts to other parts of the world. Mm. And now it is a beautiful in tandem of relationship where it takes the whole church the whole gospel to the whole world Amen. in partnership and in relationship and in friendship together and uh, friendship is what brought Diego to the Lord yeah, friendship is what transformed Unita's heart mm -hmm. uh, and God's spirit works through relationships and so all of us have them and we can use them and I think it's a beautiful uh, what's the word it's the, 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 the crux of mission is found mm. in relationship so um, that's all I have to say. Thank uh, you so much, so, Chris. So blessed to be with you. I'm so sorry I have to run. But there's definitely a, a, a handover happening in about 20 minutes. So, <laughs> so I will. Uh, and just pray for Chris. He's working all night tonight as a doctor in Craig Avon Hospital. Thanks. Now, Hannah, you wanted to squeeze in just something else. What was it? Sorry, you wanted? It's a holy squeeze. Yeah, what just is a really it? quick yeah. one. Um, so while we were in 
Lima as well. We got to know the pastor's wife of the cathedral. She was called Claudia. And um, Claudia, again, sort of went along to church. I think she was going through a bit of a tough time in her life. Um, she came along to the Alpha Retreat and she was prayed for. And I heard nothing more about it until a couple of weeks later. We were sharing stories after Alpha had finished. And she said, I've got a story to tell. And I said, okay, please share. And she said, well, you'll, you'll never, like, nobody knew this was going on in my life, but for the past year now, I've been living with a diagnosis of um, a tumor in my thyroid. Mm. It's not cancerous at the moment, but I've been told, I had been told that it could become cancerous at any point. And so I had these regular checkups that the doctors were monitoring me. Um, and really, I was just waiting. It was like a sitting time, click, ticking time bomb, and I was scared about when I was going to get that diagnosis. And she said, this has really crippled me this year. I've been so scared. I've been worried every time I go to the doctor. Mm. And at the retreat, um, I asked you to pray for my health. I didn't say anything specific, but while you were praying, I could feel a heat rise in my neck where the tumor was. And whenever the prayer was finished, I could he feel the heat go away. And um, she said, it happened that on the Tuesday or Wednesday of the week following that prayer, I went to the doctor for my routine checkup. The doctor was sitting there with the ultrasound machine, started to put it over my neck, and he said, I'm sorry, Mrs. So-and-so, <laughs> what's wrong with you? And she said, well, I have a tumor in my thyroid. It's been there for a year. Um, it's on the scans from before, if you have a look. So he brought up the scans from the past year, and she could, he could see, and so could she, side by side, that there was a tumor in the ones from the past year. The one from that day, no tumor. It was Praise absolutely God. gone. Um, and the, the doctor even said to her, not only is your tumor gone, it's not there. She said, um, he said, your, your thyroid is beautiful. <laughs> and we sort of laughed at this. She was like, why would you say that? But he told her that he kept saying it was beautiful because actually if you'd had a tumor on your thyroid and even if it, had, if it had gone away by itself or for some reason it had shrunk, there would have been scar tissue. There would oh, have been right. some kind of visible damage still to the thyroid. Yeah. And he said, your thyroid is absolutely perfect. It's beautiful. Praise There's nothing God. wrong with it. There's no tumor. Um, and so yeah. that was an incredible story. And she said, wow. I feel like I've been born again. I feel like my Praise life has God. been given back to me. And I feel like it's incredible because I've known God for a long time, but I've never known him in this way. And this has just changed my relationship with him. Um, and it's God. been amazing. So. Well, thank you, Hannah, for squeezing that in. Wasn't that worth getting squeezed in? <laughs> now, I'm very conscious of the time. Just one last thing, Hannah. What is uh, Chris is a doctor, by the way. That's why he's away to the hospital. Hannah is a school teacher, taught French and Spanish in Strathern for how many years? Four. Four, and gave that up to head off to South America. What's next for you and Chris? And what can we pray for you? Thank you. Um, so whenever we were in Peru, we felt very strongly that this was something that we loved and that we really wanted to pursue further. However, we felt like we really wanted to get more training. Mm -hmm. We wanted to develop um, in our, in our uh, ability to do things, our skills, but also our character. And we wanted to dedicate some special set-aside time to learning more about God, learning more about his word, and learning how to put it into practice so that when we go back out somewhere or whether we end up back in ministry here or 
another place. We want to be well equipped and we want to have developed really in that. And mm -hmm. so we felt God really laid in our hearts to explore options to study mm -hmm. um, in theology. And so uh, the doors have opened very excitingly for us to go to Regent College, which is in Vancouver in Canada mm -hmm. from January 2019. We've received our admissions letters and some other really wonderful things have happened that just feel like confirmation that mm -hmm. God is really blessing that. Great. Um, and that he's leading us in that direction. So the plan is for Chris to study full-time a master's in theology um, and with a view to going into pastoral ministry. ministry. And um, I'm hoping to start off with a graduate diploma, which is about a year, mm -hmm. and we'll see where it goes from there. I may end up doing more or not. Well, not we're not yeah. sure, but I'm really keen to learn as well. So much to learn, <laughs> um, and I'm keen and looking yeah. forward to that. So in terms of your prayers, we honestly, as Chris said at the start, we've so felt your prayers and we so appreciate them. It's been um, at times in Peru, obviously there were times when it was difficult to be away from home and we really felt strongly the prayers of God's people behind us. Um, <clears throat> what we would ask is really just prayers for, our, for the future here. Mm -hmm. We're here for a few months. Um, Chris is working hard as a doctor and I'm... Um, sort of looking for substitute teacher work and I'm doing a, a qualification in teaching English as a foreign language which I hope I'll be able to use out in Vancouver mm. and uh, any other places. So just prayer for us in this interim period, it's a little bit unsettling to be sort yeah. of in one place but ready to go somewhere else and um, that God would really um, help us to prioritize time with him and our relationships with him and prayer for the future as well for going to Canada. A very practical thing that we would really appreciate at the minute is prayer for a visa. Okay. The visa process just changed in July and it's become an awful lot more difficult. Right. So we would appreciate prayer for that in a practical way. And just that God would continue to keep, um, keep us close to him, keep our vision on him, keep our priority on him, that we wouldn't be swayed by things right and left. And that ultimately our time in Regent would be a real blessing and, and a real investment in our futures mm. that God would speak to us, challenge us and grow us for whatever he has uh, for us after that. Brilliant. Hannah, thank you so much. And when you see Chris again tomorrow morning, please thank him on behalf of all of us. Let's show our appreciation. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, that's the changer, sorry. Now, Chris used a word called partnership. And you cannot think about biblical mission and gospel mission without thinking of that word partnership. If you take Paul's letter to the Philippians, which is kind of classic on mission and gospel partnership, in the very first chapter, he writes this, verses 4 and 5. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, because of your partnership in the gospel. 21st century mission, just like first century mission, is partnership in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not fake news. It's not mythology. It's not a fairy tale. It's not fiction. It is God's revealed truth that changes people's lives. And isn't it wonderful to hear of people being changed like Diego this is what God can do, a new creation. The old has passed away, all things have become new. Just for a couple of minutes, all I want to do is give a few practical ways in which that partnership can be expressed. Some of them Chris and Hannah have already mentioned, which is great. Communication is vital. Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians. Remember, he didn't live in the age of the internet. 
He couldn't send an email. He couldn't lift a telephone. He couldn't have a mobile hanging around. He's actually a prisoner when he writes this letter to the Philippians. But he communicates all the time. He's writing letters. It'll take a long time. He'll have people to help him. He'll be part of a team because the letter begins, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. And this is what Paul does. He doesn't think me, he thinks we. And Christian mission, biblical mission, is not about me. It's about we because, first of all, it's about him. And it's him sending, as Chris said, the whole church into the whole world with the whole gospel, to quote John Stott. So that's one of the things that are vital. My question to you and my question to myself tonight is this. Every single one of us who's here tonight, are we in communication with some of God's people in other parts of the world? Or are we so narrow-minded and parochial that we think the only group that matters is the little group we're a part of? In other words, do we see a local church as a private club for private members only? Or do we see ourselves as a community of God's people with beautiful feet called to live out and share the good news, not just locally, but globally? That was the vision Paul had. Remember, he was used by God to lead some of the first members of this church to the Lord, the Philippian jailer, jailer, Lydia the businesswoman, converted through Paul the apostle. It's wonderful what God can do. Biblical mission is about communication. Are we in communication with some of God's people, supporting people like Chris and Hannah? Chris and Hannah couldn't have done what they did without people here supporting them, communicating with them. Several times they thank people for praying for them. And so that's the second point. Didn't Paul say here, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray. So here he is, a prisoner. He's in chains. That's what he refers to it in verse 7 and other places. But he can still pray for people. My wife, who's far wiser than I, sometimes says to parents, you know, there's a time as a parent when you can't talk to your children about God because they just won't listen. But there's never a time when you can't talk to God about your children. And it's exactly the same in biblical mission. There's never a time when we can't pray for people like Chris and Hannah and others who are serving the Lord in other places. Paul's letters are saturated with prayer. I love these words of James Gilmore, sorry, and specifically prayer is what I call pit prayer. It's personal, it's informed, and it's persistent. We don't give up. We keep on praying. I love these words of James Gilmore, famous missionary to Mongolia. Unprayed for, I feel like a diver at the bottom of a river with no connecting line to the surface. With prayer, I feel like David facing Goliath. I have been so moved in my ministry to sometimes visit people who are physically ill, housebound. Do you know they have a ministry that's changing the world? Because they are men and women of prayer. Friends, never underestimate the power of prayer. Another mark of gospel partnership. Thirdly, it's personal, face-to-face. Paul knew some of these people personally. Read his letters, and sometimes he will say things like, I long to see you. 
here he is in, in this very first chapter, and he's saying something similar. It's right for me, me to feel this way about you. I'm in chains, but I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus, verse 8. He would love to see these people. He can't at the moment, but he often will send people to see them face to face. I can tell you, if we'd had longer with Chris and Hannah, they would tell you what encouragement they got for meeting with people during the course of that year face to face. That's why mission trips can be so important. There's a personal dimension to it. Chris talked about relationship. Christian mission, Christian discipleship is about relationship and gospel partnership. And fourthly and finally, it's about generosity. Um, You know how copper wire was invented, don't you? Two Ballymena men fighting over a penny. And uh, you know what the Scots are famous for? An offering one Sunday morning, all the plates came forward empty in a church in Scotland. But the pastor, rector, was a man of great faith. He held up the empty plates and the congregation heard him pray, Thank you, Laird, for the safe return of the plates. (laughs) There's always something to give thanks for. There is always something to give thanks for. But one of the ways we express our thanksgiving is generosity. Giving. Not just of money and possessions, but of our time, of our energy, of the gifts God has given us. We want to be givers. Christian livers are Christian givers. And I'm not talking about the livers that were... I'm I'm not a doctor, so I don't quite know where the liver is. But you know what I mean. Christian discipleship is marked by giving. We worship the God who's a giver. God so loved the world that he gave. And I think the Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention is a wonderful example of generosity. So there's four practical things that we can do. Communication, prayer, personal contact, face-to-face, generosity. And may these be marks of your life and mine. Finally, another mark of mission is passing on the baton to others. And where's Stephen? I've lost him. Here he is. Stephen, just come up here. One minute, I want to introduce you to my successor in the South American Mission Society, Stephen McElhenney. Some of you will have known his mum, who's now in glory around the throne in heaven, or his dad, Cyril McElhenney and Liz McElhenney. Stephen, you started on the 1st of June as the new mission director of the South American Mission Society. I did. did. Very briefly, how did that kind of come about, Stephen? What were you doing, and what kind of prompted you to offer for this ministry? In a word, God. Okay, uh, good. Right answer. Which is, which is, which is, which is, which is the right answer. Um, I suppose just very briefly, uh, I've been uh, sort of ordained since 2005 and worked in various sort of church set settings in, 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 in Dublin, uh, over in Dungannon, uh, and most recently for about seven years in Darabogi Parish uh, in just sort of north, north, north Lisburn. Um, and that sort of little 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 call um, in the back in the back of my mind, which I think just sort of prepared the ground sort of mm-hmm. for what was what what the Lord knew was about to to, to, to come. Um, I've been part of the sort of Sam's 
family, and we go back to that sort of word relationships for a long, for, for quite a while. One of the earliest memories that impacts me about Sam's was a prayer meeting that happened in the home of my parents uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, um, prayer changes things. I believe in prayer there. Um, snuck into me um, and, you know, started a process which bore all sorts of different ways in which my life uh, changed. But um, prayer there uh, and, and then just that sense of, of call and, and being loyal to the Lord's call and to know that as far as possible that I've heard his voice in a way that I think I have and to do that which to be to, to be right that you know if if I went to glory uh, tonight I said Lord as far as I know I have heard your voice and I have followed you and it's been lovely in that people are so encouraging around and people who have known me um, and when, when the ultimate test is to push the door um, and walk and the door opened and just to see that because that has been God's guidance for me in times gone past and he has been good up, up to that he calls, but he also gives things as well, and it's placed certainly in my heart, um, this continuing to, to build on what has gone on before, um, and in, in sort of this whole idea of partnerships, one of my big, big desires is to, is to, connect, to connect people and places and, 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 and projects, mm-hmm. and to, to listen and try and to be wise and seek God for his voice and his guiding. Um, along with as many people who are, 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 you know, need to be a part of that process mm-hmm. and to, to hear his voice and his call for others. Uh, and that excites me. Uh, and I don't know where exactly it's going to lead. I know it's to do with South America. I know it's to do with individuals who are hearing calls, uh, people who are sitting in pews who don't know yet. Suddenly they have something in their heart and they wonder, what do I do with this? That's where I come in. And I love to meet those sorts of people. I love to just be, be part of a journey and to walk them to, to, to that place where they know that they have heard God's call and they're responding to God's call. Well, thank you very much, Stephen, and pray for Stephen as he begins this great adventure. Thank you for listening. I'm going to hand back to St. Simon now. Thank you. And do have a word with uh, Stephen afterwards. He'll be loitering with intent. And also, Chris and Hannah brought a friend from Peru that you must meet, all right? But just be careful. The friend has four legs. (laughs) Thanks. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.